everybody. Welcome to another episode of Fish and Connoisseur Movie. My name's David Pether, but you can call me Fish. He's always with me. He's only my favorite sack of shit. Connor McDuff, you fuck. <laughs> Connor McDuff, ain't afraid of no ghost. <laughs> really mean of me. Sorry, I just like... <laughs> what did you say? You were like my favourite sack of shit and I kind of forgot that we were recording the podcast and was like, oh, fuck off. And so I said it with like this aggression. <laughs> Sorry. Oh god. Well, I'm fucking here now. How you going? <laughs> you fucking dipshit. I even had like a really cool thing. I, I said that you ain't afraid of no ghost and you didn't even like, it's like a we're doing Ghostbusters, man. Ghostbusters 2 today. I oh, know. Yeah, I know. Hey, fucking go. Yeah, I'm not afraid of shit. Fuck you! <laughs> Let's just talk about it for fuck's sake. <laughs> Ghostbusters 2. Next week, we would review Ghostbusters, but that shit, the new one, but that shit doesn't come out for another fucking week. So we gotta fucking watch Tarzan, you fucks, <laughs> and then we'll review Ghostbusters, the new one, with Melissa McCarthy, my favorite comedian on the market, people. That's a joke. Sarcasm. I'm not, Why does everybody yeah. hate Melissa McCarthy? Because she plays the same damn character in every film, and her character that she plays is excessively annoying, which is fine in small I doses, was just going to say, like, most comedians do exactly the same thing. You could say the yeah. same thing about Bill Murray in this film. Yeah, but Bill Murray is constantly portrayed as a lovable character and given parts, either in small bits or when he is given a part. It is a bit that you're like, oh, okay, cool. Like his character is quite nice and enjoyable. Melissa McCarthy, McCarthy is. This isn't an attack on her, on her as a person, just her as a performer. Like her character is always an idiot. It's always a dumb, fat idiot who is aware she's a dumb, fat idiot and says mean things. And it's not really creative and it's not really intelligent humor. And so when you do it too much, it just gets excessive. Melissa McCarthy in Bridesmaids was phenomenal. Like, I fucking love Bridesmaids, and I think her whole part in that was great. Um, but then you, I, you watch a film like, I don't know, people really seem to like Spy, but I really didn't like Spy. Yeah, that was like a really um, successful film, too. I, like, and I, I don't didn't understand mind it. why. I actually, I actually like Tammy better than Spy. I didn't even see Tammy, but I mean, like, again, uh, the, the identity thief, whatever it was, where yeah. her and Jason Bateman are mirrored him. Like, it was too much. It just, it gets, she's been doing the same spiel every time, and I'm kind of over it. Uh, I'm on the opposite end. I fucking love her. <laughs> I'll watch anything with yeah, her. I, I didn't see the boss. So I really want to see that. And that's pretty much how people are, though. Like people either love her or hate her. Don't get me wrong. Like I could probably still sit through a McCarthy film and not cringe, but it does. It is getting excessive. I feel like there's I, a lot more hate getting around than than love. Much like the new Ghostbusters trailer, like we keep talking about. So I don't know. Maybe it's because she's in it. Because this Kirsten, Kirsten um, Wiig's pretty well liked. Do you like Kirsten Wiig? Yeah, I do a lot. I yeah. think she's great. I thought Elizabeth Banks was in the film, but she's not. Ooh, that would have been cool. I did yeah, hear that Emma Stone was approached for it, but she couldn't commit. Yeah, good. Same with J-Law. I, <laughs> I don't fucking like Jennifer Lawrence. I don't fucking like Emma Stone. Oh, don't you don't like Emma Stone? No, and I don't fucking like one, another one of them. There's another girl that plays the same stupid fucking character where she's like this sassy, independent, let me jam that fact down your throat so you never have to think about it again character, and I can't remember who it was. Zoe Deschanel? Yes! I fucking hate Zoe Deschanel. I hate all three of them with a fiery passion. Zoe Deschanel plays the same wimpy fucking hipster girl in every film, and I'm so over it. Like, for fuck's sake, dude. You were just... There is nothing cool about your character. Ever. Ever. Uh, mm, mm, mm. Shut the fuck up, fucking dickhead. 
And Emma Stone, I just, I don't know. I don't really hate Emma Stone. Like, I hate Jennifer Lawrence. But, like, Emma Stone, in e- I didn't like Easy A. And there was a lot of, like, obsession with Easy A. And I watched Easy A and was just like, like, what's the big deal? It's just a... Yeah, Easy A wasn't that film. good a movie. But she has done some much better roles in her more dramatic parts i feel and then super bad of course yeah true like super bad was really good uh, emma stone i think my hate is pretty much strictly from easy a but um <laughs> but like jennifer lawrence just she can well i'm gonna off. say anyway, out there, look you zoe deschanel emma stone i would have liked to have seen them suit up as ghostbusters i think that would have been fantastic i don't want to see jay law she doesn't fit the universe i feel like they she, need to she, have at least some sort of comedic flair in them jay law is very dramatic to me um I'm sure she could do. Jennifer that. Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence would come in and and not want to bust the ghosts. She'd want to raise them to be the best ghosts ever <laughs> and assimilate them into society and she'd, fall in love with one. And ghosts are different and fuck and, off. And hey, because she's the highest be. paid actress in the world, she'd have to Bill Murray it and it'd be all about her and it'd ruin the entire thing. So let's be glad that that didn't happen. We do have Melissa yep. McCarthy. We have Kirsten Wig, and we have two other people that I don't really know, but they look kind of funny. I'm excited to see it, but that's in two weeks. This week, we're talking about the first sequel to Ghostbusters, the first and only sequel to Ghostbusters, because the new one's a reboot, Ghostbusters 2. What happened in that film? Uh, uh, fucking, they, five years later, and they got sued by the entire city for fucking it up with the giant marshmallow man. They've lost their business, and they're running kids' parties, and running other businesses and it's just all fucked and everything's shit and then more ghosts show up because some pink slime's there and some uh, big ghost wants to come back and destroy the world and so they fucking they come back and return and then they stop him that's it isn't it that's Pretty right much. it's that's, all about this yeah. this the purple ooze shit that is reactive to positive or negative feelings what it all revolves around now I want to say from the the start I think it is a great continuation of the first film i like the fact that we come in expecting them to be on top like they were at the end of the last film you know in the credit sequence the end credit sequence in the in ghostbusters they're like on top of the world they've just saved fucking new york they're the you know they're fucking champions egon's kissing the fucking receptionist and it's all good. We come in and now they're degraded to doing kids parties because they got sued out their ass for destroying New York, basically. Yeah, which I mean, is fair to be honest. Yeah, it is. They fucked everything up. And it's like, like, look, it wasn't really their fault. We know that. But, you know, in a world that, you know, people don't really want to accept that Ghost exists, I can understand that. And I think it's a great premise. True. Me too. I think the premise of the film at the start is awesome. I really like that they're out of business and stuff. Bill Murray is a cable guy, a cable presenter. I know, which um, is perfect. Like like I was saying in the last episode, that's what I feel his character should be. So it's like it eventuated now. He's gone. I didn't think he was, you know, should have been in the same leagues as Aykroyd and Ramus. Yeah. So it's cool. It's cool I to mean, see like- him being basically a fast-talking fake yeah it's good it's definitely like it's it's the fucking way he would be to be honest 
And, uh, you know, Ackroyd runs his own shop, which made sense. And Ramus is still a professor. And again, like, these are things I'm like, yeah, fair enough. Like, that's what it I... It suits their character. And in fact, it actually solidifies the characters in the original one. Because I, I was talking about how, you know, certain parts of Ackroyd and Ramus... Like, the, Ramus, they get pushed to the side a lot because of, of Bill yeah. Murray. So, it was good to see that their, their characters actually have some sort of fucking backstory. And, like, I now know that... Dan Aykroyd is obsessed with the paranormal. He owns like a cult fucking bookshop, you know. Yeah. Of course, Egon is the researcher. He's still doing his thing because he is that guy. He's the tech guy. He figures everything out. Yeah. Um. And that's it. And it kind of gives them more sort of personality. And those three are quite well established in this universe at that point. However, you know who isn't? Fucking Winston. Winston loses out again. Basically, just po- like. But, like, in the first one, I got it. Like, he came in, he's a moneymaker. I'm like, yeah, cool, and he's a pretty cool character. Like, nothing against him, or the actor is great, too. But he's like, just there to make a watch buck. It, watching this, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, they've literally just written him out of scenes. Like, they have they have looked at the script and gone, eh, he doesn't need to be there, and just cut him out. Yeah. Like, why is he not... Why is he not helping... Well, Sigourney Weaver's character's back, and I guess it makes sense that they're not helping... He's not helping her because because he's not he really friends with Bill Murray. He's no. just he was just a work colleague, but the other guys were always friends, which is fine. But I mean, like at the same time, he's not helping them drill. Like that was the big moment for me. Because and it was even funnier because we get the the scene at the start with them doing the party. So I was thinking, you know, him and Dan Aykroyd doing the party. So I'm like, shit, he he's actually getting a big part in this. This is great. And then he disappears for half the film. He should have been there. At the drilling scene, it's kind of like, oh, we're getting the gang back together. Are you keen? And they could even say something like, oh, look, we we can't pay you because that was kind of his motivation in the first one. And he'd be like, oh, shit, I ain't got nothing else going on and just comes down. <laughs> and then the whole team's there because it's it's four Ghostbusters. It's not just the three. Yeah. Like, even though the, everybody talks about the three, it's the four of them. And, and and the other thing is as well, like there's a there's a few moments and it kind of makes this film a little more disjointed than it really should be for no reason. Mm. Like they're in the court and they're getting trialed because they fucking like cut electricity to uh, basically all of New York. But again, like Winston is in the room at the start in a suit. I thought he was their yeah. lawyer to start with. Yeah, he's he's there to watch them go to trial, which is totally justified. I'm like, okay, yeah. I get it, cool. They're not they're not excluding him. And then these ghosts appear in the courtroom and he's not fucking there. He doesn't grab a proton pack, yeah. Where where is he? Does he actually just disappear? Like he He's just gone. Mm. He just fucks off. Like he, I don't know where he went. Yeah, fucking hell. I do feel bad for him because like he he really gets the short straw and you know Ernie Hudson, I think is his name. He had the. He's gone on saying that he's really disappointed with how the character has been fucked over because he did have more of a backstory originally. And yeah. It is what it is. One thing that we do get out of that court scene is now Rick Moranis is their fucking lawyer and he doesn't know what oh, fuck, the that fuck was he's fucking doing. Fucking funny. And he's done it at night school or got his, his degree at night school. So he's, he's, he's now their accountant. And their lawyer, which I think is fucking awesome. Yeah, it's. I think Rick Moranis is probably one of the best written in characters of this film. In fact, of the supporting character, well, of the him and Sigourney Weaver, in comparison, like he shits all over her in regards to how he's in this film. Him working for the Ghostbusters made sense. Him being their lawyer made sense. Everything about him here, 
like made sense. It's perfect. Sigourney Weaver is kind of just like a bit coincidental that, you know, this shit's happening to her. Everything seems to be revolving around her, which is something they could have gone into. Like maybe she has some sort of ancestor or, you know, whatever, but I don't think they really talk about anything like that, do they? No, 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 I don't think so. I mean, like, I just don't understand why, like, Sigourney Weaver's character... Like, we got Rick Moranis who just is fucking there and is just, you're just like, oh, you're so funny still. And he continues in the same way he did in the first Ghostbusters. He's given, like, the perfect amount of screen time mm-hmm. throughout it. But, like, Sigourney Weaver's character, why the fuck is it her baby? Like, the whole way through the film, it's her child. I'm just that's like, what that's. I'm saying. It's very coincidental. It's so obscure, like, as to why it's happening. And not even, like, even if. You know, you've got that German guy who's like, oh, I need a child, yeah. And she knows, he knows Sigourney Weaver and is like, all right, I'll go get her child, Is you know. And I kind of got that. I was like, oh, that kind of makes sense. I can kind of respect that. But then, like, the whole starting sequence where her baby almost gets hit by a car and shit. Yeah, so it happens like, all before like, we're explained. Yeah. yeah, I was like, Which, why? Which, was the deal with that? Because that, that wasn't know. anything to do with Vigo, was it, the... The guy in the painting. Well, I think it's all got to do with him. Like, all of it. Like, he's the one producing that pink ah, slime. But I like... But again, like, if he can do that, why does he need to summon someone to have to get the baby? Like, Yeah, why does he need that understand. French idiot? And he has no reason for Sigourney Weaver's child in particular. Like, I, I thought, oh, because, like, Zul possessed her. So, obviously, there's repercussions. But it's a totally different ghost. So, I'm like, why... That's something, why yeah, that's it- what I'm saying. Like, if they, they could have gone into the backstory of that and, and connected all a little bit more. To be honest, I am happy that Sigourney Weaver's back because I really like Sigourney Weaver. And it's always cool when you can have the whole gang back together. Just do yeah. it in a better way. They did such a great job with Moranis. Why couldn't they do it with her? And, then, and especially when it's, you know, to do with the lore of the film. Like, connect the two happenings. The big thing with Zul and Vigo, they should somehow be connected, I feel. Yeah, me too. I agree. I think it was a real, really disappointing sort of thing just because it, it, could, it was an easy fix, you know. And hindsight is a wonderful thing. And That's true. And I definitely think... I definitely think, you know, we're talking about a film 30 years after its production and sitting here going, well, this would have worked. But, yeah, I mean, like, we can see the issues and I can happily sit here and be comfortable thinking that. Like, <laughs> I, That's it. Well, I want to go back to Moranis because he is just so good. And he actually, you know, he gets a bit of a romance here. He does. And I'm really happy because it's perfect. Oh, they're so like, good together. Man, that receptionist is hot, right? She is really hot. Fucking, it's like her quirkiness and the, you know, just a real New York way of talking and shit. It's just fucking sexy as. <laughs> and You're Rick Moranis, right. good on you, man. Batting well above your belt. But, you know, they've, they've both got glasses. They kind of suit each other. They're both quirky. Uh, it really works. I do feel bad for Egon, though, which is not fucking mentioned at all in the film because he had the romance with her. You know, he kisses her at the end of the last film, but they don't say a thing about it. No, and I think that's all right, though. Five years on, like, I didn't really bat an eye. I'd rather Rick Moranis and... Oh, I would too, but I still feel... Like, I, I think it would have been really fun to see Egon get jealous because he's such a like a black and white character for him to actually feel something would just be yeah. <laughs> would be really hilarious it's a, it's a missed been, opportunity would have been a nice would have been nice different wise I think like to see that you know the nice difference sorry to see that in, in comparison to just the basic plot that they're hunting ghosts in the same relationship with Sigourney Weaver and Bill Murray blah 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 
because that's the only one that really goes into any detail. You know, Rick Moranis and the secretary are, are kind of there, but they're more there for com comic relief. The only relationship that has any real sort of integrity, again, is Bill Murray and Sigourney Weaver, which I thought was just like, meh. Uh, like, really? I would have loved... I, I, I don't know, like... This is one of the things, like, last review you were talking about how Murray's character carries it. And in yeah. this one, he does the same thing. But in this one, he shouldn't have. He shouldn't, he, they put, it's overboard in this film. Like, I was like, okay, that's enough. Oh, you think I so? wanted to see, I wanted to see, I wanted to see something else. Like, I wanted to see Aykroyd and Ramis. I wanted to see more of these other characters now that I, like, Murray had his turn. You've got to cast three of, three amazing fucking actors and comedians use them. Yeah, yeah. You know? Look, I I um I don't disagree, but I'm not on the same page, I would say. I feel like this movie very much gives us a little bit more of the other guys. I don't know. We just get more I, I feel like their characters are a little bit more consistent, even though they don't really delve into yeah. relationships and I would have liked to see a little bit more of that. But I I actually know what these characters are now, whereas in the first one I felt like I had an idea and they're kind of just there, and Bill Murray's making jokes, and I'm laughing, which is also fine. But this time around, I had a lot of problems with the last one because it was, um, you know, it's old. It's an old film, old filmmaking techniques that just don't work as well for me anymore when I'm sitting here watching it with, a, you know, uh, a critical eye. And this yeah. movie, I feel like, gets at least story structure it gets the editing i that was one thing that i i bitched about a little bit last last week was the editing of ghostbusters i feel like they've really pasted up a lot more with this there's five years of visual effects um moving forward you know they they've they've upgraded the visual effects look slightly better <laughs> and i don't know i feel like this is more of a uh action adventure like we were saying the other one could be and what this new Ghostbusters film looks like than the first one. Yeah, it's got... They definitely start veering towards the larger budget they now have. Like, you can tell... The focus in this film does tend to swerve from the humour and comedic chops of the, of the cast and more to, like... About okay, what's actually like, going on. Like, yeah, like, this looks pretty, this is good, like, this is nice. And that's kind of disappointing because you start to notice that the Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters plots really aren't that in-depth at all and it's a little fucking silly. Like, it gets... That was something, I don't know how you felt, but for me, like, this plot was a little too silly at times. Look, the idea of that it's goodwill is what can win the day is lame as fuck. I'll put that out. Yeah. There. It is silly. It's stupid. There's a there's this fucking purple ooze going around it and it, it's affected by goodwill or, or bad will, fucking whatever. Mm. When I talk about it like that, yes, it sounds stupid. But I actually have to give this film props because I think that it makes it justified for at least me. I actually appreciate the fact that they're taking the time to actually explain what's going on because I had a little bit of a problem with how quickly everything wrapped up last time with Zool and all that it was kind of again it was more you know a character piece is more the comedy piece which is is great for that film but now we actually I'm, I'm really interested in what is happening and they take a lot of time to explain everything they take a lot of time to show Egon doing his experiments talking about sleeping with the slime <laughs> which is kind of funny it feels justified to me and I appreciate that but it is a detriment to 
the comedy. I mean, like, and you know, for me, that's that's what I'm talking about. For, like, my favorite part of the first one was the comedy. Yeah. We talked about how much that's my the main aspect of the film, and this again, that's what I expect, and I didn't get it. Um, and while yeah, it's it's. It kind of adds a little more depth to certain aspects. It, it's the, the 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 best part of it of the Ghostbusters for is the humor, like the 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 quoting and and everything. It's just that's what I'm about. You know, I want to see more of that. And this this film doesn't have that as much. One of my favorite bits is when they all turn on their proton packs, and he's like Do Re and fucking Egon's Egon. like Egon. Or like, for some reason, that's always stuck with me. <laughs> that moment. I like the part where um. Vankman's looking over the kid to start with as well. I thought that was quite funny. Yeah, no, I thought that was great reason. Like, take away the puppy. Um, <laughs> it, there are good moments, but again, they're nowhere near as great and memorable as the original films. Well, it's funny and because like, watching it, I was thinking to myself, I really, I, I was having a good time and I was laughing. Um, yeah. But for the life of me now, I can't remember any of the quotes. Whereas I could quote half the fucking movie, the first one. That does come back to me watching it over and over again, though. And But again, this is kind of how I feel about Ghostbusters 2, where it's got all the right things going on. It just doesn't excel to that level number one does. And because of that, you're, you're kind of left with a sour taste in your mouth in, compa- in comparison to the first. However, it's not a bad film. No, I don't think it is. I, I feel like like I don't I don't really talk about this movie much. Like I I can't even remember watching it all the way through at all. Like yeah. I, I remembered the sewer and the the purple slime, and I think I'd seen a, that picture of Vigo getting around online at some point. But watching this, I realized I don't think I've seen this film. <laughs> Like at least in its entirety, or in any oh, time, really? any time recently, because I couldn't remember a fucking thing from it, and it was nice just to come back into the the, the Ghostbusters universe. But there is something missing, and like I was saying before, I really appreciate the fact that they've taken the time to like effectively make a more solid film in a storytelling yeah. sense. But it's missing that magic that the first one has. This like. It's really cool that they explain everything, but it just doesn't feel as good when those final credits come around. No, yeah, I agree. I, it definitely, um, it def- just doesn't have that moment to it. And like, I think the big thing we need to talk about is the Statue of Liberty fucking thing, which is the biggest set piece. Yeah. Like, that's kind of a big moment for me where I'm like, uh, like... I don't know if they get it. <laughs> uh, is it, is, is that really what you want to be doing? You know, like for me, there's nothing funny about it. There's nothing entertaining. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Like the statue, you're using the Statue of Liberty. That's a cool set piece, but it's not cool enough for me to be like, whoa, what the fuck? Yeah, but like you, they're obviously trying to recapture that Stay Puffed feeling that we had in the yeah, last one. And, and but I mean, like, like the the reasoning behind it is is there, but it also contradicts itself because I'm watching this fucking thing walk down because you know the reason that they go get it is because it's a symbol of hope and it's supposed to unite the people of New York and blah 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 to push all that goodwill so they could get through the purple slime but i'm watching this thing walking down the street and to me if i seen the fucking statue of liberty start walking i'm not gonna cheer i'm gonna shit my pants and run the other way (laughs) yeah pretty much it just it wasn't i don't know it was a pretty lame set piece that really i i thought actually almost took away from the film the funny thing is, they really they end up, they don't actually go through the slime at all. It just smashes like a sky roof, and they walk through it. <laughs> like, 
Yeah, it's a little <laughs> they weird. could have just got like, choppered in or climbed a ladder or something. I don't know. It was just so obscure. It really is. Like, I don't know. It, it, it was a weird moment for... And the same with Sigourney Weaver's stuff. These are just things where I'm like, why the fuck would it be that character? Like, why the fuck would they do that? And it, it almost feels like it's not Ghostbusters. Like, knowing these characters and knowing the story and how intelligent things can be written in such a ridiculous... In such a ridiculous circumstances and then they do something like that and I'm like, But then it's why? also like, like what's the odds of it being you know, Sigourney Weaver in the first one. Like, it's just, it's all very well, coincidental. Well, I mean, like, she's... Well, no, not necessarily. The odds of it are because of where the the zoo wants to be, which is he comes Above back in thing, the form yeah. of that dog. And that's... Well, uh, it is, but, like, she, it, it just, she just happens to be, like, the first person who comes through their door. You, you know what I mean? There's there's coincidental moments. Oh, I mean, yeah, but I'm not to this extent is no, what I'm talking no. about. But we need uh, to get the gang back together. It could have been written better. I, I don't think like this still feels very ghostbusters to me i actually had a good time watching it it's it's like i said it's not it doesn't have quite the magic that is happening in the first one and it's just that the lines aren't as good but i'm still enjoying the ghost busting side of things and i'm liking yeah that they're actually for me at least setting up the universe that i want to know more about i i'm interested in the ghost busting side of things like not just bill murray Improving. No, I agree. Um, I don't know. I there, I do agree. Like there are parts of it where I'm like, yeah, cool. Like I get to see that, you know, like sweet. But again, gotta gotta keep that balance. I think like it's gotta be funny while you're doing it. It's gotta yeah. you gotta if you're gonna show me this, I want to be shown it and laugh at the same time. Yeah. You can't just can't give me one or the other. And that's kind of again like coming back from it now. That was that's kind of my big fear for the. The next the one. The next one. Well, I definitely think there's going to be comedy in it. I don't know if it'll be comedy that you like. Well, the, I mean, like, comedy I like is good comedy. To be fucking honest, anyone listening, don't fuck with me. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Um, no, comedy, it, it's, it's got to feel somewhat articulate and intelligent. I don't... From the trailer, there's a, a large black woman screaming Jesus on top of a girl and it, another girl, and it just looks fucking stupid. Like, I was like, that's fucking dumb. Ghostbusters humor is from the dialogue. It is from the that that dynamic. It is from Bill Murray's ability to improvise. It's from Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis' ability to write. It is from that classic traditional sort of humor, and it feels quite intelligent. I want to see that through. I don't want to see this fucking like. I don't want to see more of what I saw in the trailer because the trailer isn't very fucking good, and I'm pretty. I was disappointed. <laughs> I don't whether or not. Whether or not it is like that is another thing. Trailers have been known to be pretty shit for good films, but look, I watched that trailer and I have I have myself a giggle. Like I, I know it's all stereotyping and, and all that sort of stuff, especially with the black girl. But like you know, there's a part where she jumps off the stage and lands on the ground and everybody moves and she's like, okay, I don't know if it's a race thing or a lady thing, but I'm mad as hell. And I know it's a stereotype, but I think that's funny. Like I'm, I actually enjoy the fact that there's these three nerds and then they've got you know for lack of a better word the street chick and Mm. a lot of people have bitched about that but that the chick who plays that girl has come back like saying look she's just you know somebody representing the people like somebody normal just because you know and yeah it's fucking unfortunate it's all the white people are the smart people and then you've got this african-american lady who's just a, a subway 
worker or something, I think. But she's come back saying, look, why can't a normal person be a Ghostbuster? And I fucking respect that. So I, I'm ready to just watch this and, and I'm going to fucking try and enjoy it because I am enjoying the trailer to a certain extent. But I like Melissa McCarthy. And to be honest, I think the most laughs are going to come out of Kirsten Wig and probably that other blonde chick. There's something... I'd- because Kirst- Kirsten Wig is the... Is a talent for anyone. Like Kirsten Wig is fucking hilarious. I think Kirsten Wig is going to be great. Even the bit where she like in the trailer, she's talking about that. You know that stuff got everywhere, like every crack. That's Kirsten Wig humor, and I'm ready for more of that. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not really keen. I don't fucking like that stupid, dumb, like obnoxious, loud, fucking cunt humor. That especially, (laughs) I just don't. I just don't fucking like it. It's so stupid to me. Like so dumb. Fucking think. If you, if you have all this money behind a film, make it funny. I can write those jokes and do a film like that with that same sort of stupid fucking humor and stereotype of shit. I don't fucking care about that stereotype shit, by the way. Like, yeah, I agree. Who fucking cares? Like, just make me laugh. That's, that's, not the, that's not the problem. The problem isn't going to be, oh, a character has to be this way. A problem is a character has to be that way and they're not fucking funny while they do it. That's going to be the issue. Yeah, but um, see, I, I think real- she's funny. Like, I, I, I hear what you're saying about the Jesus thing and all that. Yeah. I feel like yeah. there are going to be some great moments in that film. And the, the thing we are talking about with Melissa McCarthy before, I think she's been, she's pushed back a bit here. Because to me, Kirsten Wig is probably the big star. And then Melissa McCarthy is sort of behind her. At least in the way that it seems like they're playing it in the, in the trailers. I, I don't think she's going to be that over-the-top character that she always is. Like, there's definitely going to be her humor and her her style in there, which I like, and that's what I want to see. But um, I, I don't know if it will grate on you as much as you're worried about. Uh, I don't know. We'll see, man. I'm not too stressed. I'm just cranky because it's, um, it's late and I'm tired and I'm a little whiny bitch, as usual. But <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll, we're we'll talking see. about that next week. So we're fucking... Segway back into Ghostbusters 2 here. Let's talk about the bad guys. Like, we had Zool in the last one, which was kind of really a non-entity. It was a bit creepy with the, the gargoyles coming to life and, um, you know, whatever. Yeah, this guy's fucking silly as shit. Like, oh my God. He's so not intimidating. There was nothing about him that was special. And then the same thing happens where he comes in, does nothing, and then loses immediately. Same thing. Yeah. Same thing. He's just, there's no ending to the film. He's just gone. Like, it's, again. I think there's a little bit more to it uh, this time around. But, you know, obviously Ray gets possessed and they have to hose him down with the two different things and, uh, like, the and the positive charged ooze and uh, a proton thing. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like they had to work a little bit more for this one. And that goes back to, like, they're explaining more of the world. So we're, we're with Egon and Ray as they're figuring out shit a lot of the film, whereas I feel like a lot of it just sort of was figured out already in the first one. This guy, I I definitely agree with you at the end. He's not intimidating at all once he comes out of the painting. He's kind of silly, and which is really disappointing because I did find him intimidating when he's in the painting. I really like the idea of this creepy-ass painting. You know, the there's always like that that stories of the paintings are watching me and watching you and yeah. like this one actually is and it's possessing people so i really liked that side of things and i found it kind of creepy and interesting that he was running things from behind his fucking painting and he was influencing sigourney's fucking friend which is where i think they fucking dropped the ball massively because i feel like that yeah. guy is supposed to be the rick moranis rick moranis yeah but we film. have 
we have him we have rick so we don't need this other fucking idiot yeah um and he is just fucking terrible just absolutely fucking terrible this stupid french accent i don't i don't know if that guy's actually french i don't think he is i think he's in the mr bean movie or something like that (laughs) but he's just he's just terrible and i every time he's doing something i just don't give a fuck which is really disappointing because i like the build-up that vigo has but then when this other idiot's sort of fluttering around it just ruins all the tension that is getting built yep certainly does yeah. and again it's just a disappointing villain like i really am not just i just don't like him i don't like he's not very intimidating the painting thing's cool but again he's totally undershadowed by stupid plot like stupid choices like the fact that he's like why get that idiot to do that why sigourney weaver's kid why can he not do it himself if he's so powerful like there are just things that make no sense yeah and that's that's a few of them but yeah well listen it's one thing like what I'm really looking forward to and what I've kind of wanted looking back on these films now, and I know because they were made in the 80s, it's a lot harder to do what we can do now with our special effects and, you know, bigger budgets and fucking whatever. I'm really keen to see ghosts take over the city. Like, I really like that shot in the trailer for the new film of Times Square and there's fucking ghosts everywhere. I'm really keen to see what happens when the ghosts actually get out not just in a montage. Yeah. Everything's so contained in both of these films. Like, the first one, Zul gets beaten on the top of the building, and this one, Vigo, gets beaten in the fucking art museum. What happens when they get out of there? Let's really fuck some shit up. That's what I want to see. Yeah, I'm keen. We'll see. We'll find out. <laughs> in we two weeks. But out. for now, let's wrap let's this wrap shit up. up. What do you rate Ghostbusters 2? It's just a mess sequel. It's not terrible, but it's not amazing. And that's disappointing because Ghostbusters is such a big pop culture icon, like arguably one of the biggest. And then the second film is kind of nothing to anyone ever. I don't really hear much no, about it. No, I was it's just, just going to say, like, like, I don't even know if anybody... Yeah. Actually, like you, you don't really hear people hate on it. Um, yeah, no. You don't people. You just don't hear people talk about it. <laughs> no, it's just kind of left in the dark. It's really strange. Look, I give Ghostbusters two or three out of five. Look, I, I, um, I actually did have a good time watching it. I still, yeah. I, I enjoy going back to this universe. Uh, it, it definitely lacks that magic that we really want, but it's still, it's still not a bad movie. There are some silly decisions um but for the most part i i just like that it's a more complete film um that is the one thing i appreciate the most and i keep coming back to it but that means a lot to me especially when i'm critiquing something as long as the structure is all there which this is like i feel like everything besides the coincidental stuff of sigourney weaver is pretty much justified rick moranis being their fucking lawyer where the where the ooze comes from what it does it's it's all explained in a really good way like i just think it's really well done but it's just not that funny it's just not as funny as the first one like i said i can't remember any of the quotes and it's really disappointing but i i guess this is probably the reason why there weren't any sequels since then like it's it's funny there's been so many ideas thrown around for sequels and stuff and and it's finally happening now i would like to go back and read some of those old scripts but anyway this one i'll give it a 3.5 there we go. Well, fucking next week, what are we reviewing? Next week, we got Tarzan. Yay. What a fucking really cool thing we're doing where we review two films of the same and then review something totally different 
because the film doesn't come out in time, which is bullshit. I think it's happened to us before, actually. Yeah, but, hey, but that's not really our fault. It's really? actually more my fault. We're, we've recorded both of these a lot earlier, like weeks ago, um, and we're only releasing them now because I'm in fucking Thailand. So sorry about that. And I'm, you know, when we fucking said, hey, we're, we're taking a week off. You know what we did in that week off? We did we this. We filmed fucking two of these. We did two. So you motherfuckers out there saying we're slacking shit. We're actually doing more work. I will beat the shit. I will fucking kill any of you who say that. I don't think I've ever heard someone say that. But if you do, don't don't say that. Don't say Please. that. Please. I don't want. I don't want to. I don't want to fucking hear it. We work hard for you. Don't you tell us we don't love our fans. We do. Fuck you all. Look. Come on. We'll, we'll see you next week for Tarzan. Are you keen? Yeah, Are you keen for Tarzan? I don't give a fuck, dude. I don't fucking care. I don't like movies. I've never liked movies. This is all the ruse. I'm just doing this for the podcast money that we don't that get. That we don't make. <laughs> I'm, I'm really not, keen really for Tarzan. I think it looks care. fucking awesome. Yeah, whatever. We'll see. Jungle Book happened already. I don't need another one. Play the music, Fish. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Fish and Connoisseur Movie. Fish and Connoisseur Movie does not own any rights to the film Ghostbusters 2, its marketing or its soundtrack, and no infringement is intended. The track Ghostbusters is performed by Run DMC. She's in school and I'm no fool and I got no time to waste So you get up the call, but you're tripping for us and it's a new place Now it's no dream because you see a shadow in the night But we will come and